You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Welcome to the Rock Your Life Podcast. Discover the tools you need to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. From family and wellness to business and goals, it's time to dream out loud. It's time to rock it. This stuff will rock your world. Rock! And now your host, Chasta. Please welcome Lindsay Garcia to the Rock Your Life Podcast. Hello, my dear. So nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You know, I don't know if you know exactly how I stumbled upon you, but it was from your sweet father, Terrence. (laughs) He, um, listens to me on the bone and listens to the radio station. And he and I had become friends on social media and Instagram, and we would chat back and forth and stuff. And then, um, I don't really know exactly why he decided to go ahead and let me know about what you were struggling with, but he did. And I was so grateful that he did because I think I sort of became a sounding board for him in Mm -hmm. processing the fact that you had to deal with this cancer journey that we'll get into here. And so Lindsay, I don't know you, but I want you to know, since he told me that I've prayed for you with my son, Cody, every night. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And maybe that's why he reached out to me was that he knew that I, I am a religious and spiritual person. And I do pray for people. And I believe in that, the power of prayer. And so maybe that was a place that he felt comfortable. So I'm so glad that he told me about you. So, you know, we'll get right into it. You have, you've had a tough go of it for a while now. Um, (laughs) I want to make sure I get this right. Diagnosed with stage two, triple negative breast cancer. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. 36 year old single mom and teacher, which teachers are a whole nother level of angel. (laughs) Anyway, you deserve a medal of honor for that alone. But tell me about this diagnosis, how this all came to pass. Yeah, it's a crazy journey. And every every time I kind of tell the story, it's therapeutic for me to process through it. So I really appreciate this opportunity. So I, you know, it's been a rough five years or so, I would say for me for various reasons. But um, I would say the last Um, year or so, I have felt really um, excited about where my life is headed and just inspired to kind of create this um, special life for my daughter and me. Um, And then back in January, just randomly, um, I don't do a lot of, um, well, historically, I've not done in-home breast exams, although I highly recommend it at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Um, But I uh, noticed a lump uh, and was, um, you know, I mean, there's always a little bit of like, hmm, what is that when that happens? But most of the time, um, for most people, that is a, you know, a benign uh, situation and not something to worry about. But um, of course, I decided, you know, I need to go in and get this checked out. So I made an appointment for February. Um, we had we dealt with some snow up here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and so I had to push it to March. But basically, the beginning of March, I had a mammogram and um, I went in and had the mammogram 15 minutes later, they wanted me to do an ultrasound. Again, these are some things that are pretty normal, I've come to find out. But of course, like, I'm, you know, thinking about like, what's my history? What's my family history? Um, you know, all those things are kind of running through my mind while I'm sitting there in the, in the office. And then after the ultrasound, the, um, the radiologist came in and I could just tell the second she walked in the room, like there was an energy or, a um, just a, an emotion that I could just tell, mm-hmm. um, coming off of her. And, uh, she said, we want you to go ahead and go get, um, a biopsy as soon as possible. Um, and I was like, 
okay, but things could like still be normal. Like this is normal, right? Right. She said, this isn't normal. This is something, but whatever it is, we're going to take care of it. And I was like, oh, oh, oh my God. Like I, I knew immediately. So I sat in this room for like 15 minutes. Um, it may have even been longer. It felt like an eternity. And they came back in and wanted me to schedule a biopsy. And there's like a bunch of different medical offices that are in my area, but there's one that's pretty close to me mm-hmm. and they didn't have an appointment for like two weeks. And I, and so they asked me to go to one that was further away. Um, and I was like, well, I, that one's closer to me. Do you, I mean, two weeks doesn't. And they were like, no, we want to see you this week. And I was like, okay, that had to be happening. a real moment for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like just the this weird, um, space where I both knew that something was going on Mm -hmm. and I couldn't believe that something Mm -hmm. was going on. It was Mm -hmm. a very weird space to be in. So scheduled the biopsy. Sure enough, um, had the biopsy that Thursday, um, found out Friday afternoon. Um, they told me that I would find out pretty quickly. And so, um, I'm sure one of the things we'll talk about because I can't not talk about it is the incredible tribe of women that are in my life. And so Friday afternoon, I had um, three of my closest girlfriends here with me and uh, my nurse called and said, we have to tell you that you have invasive ductal carcinoma. Um, We didn't know the staging or the type of cancer at that point. Um, and I, uh, just immediately, um, felt sorrow and grief. Um, and then also just community, um, because those women were there with me and each one of them brings something different to the table. And, um, and it was, it was a moment that I will never forget. Yeah. I want to read something specific that you posted because your dad sent it to me. This was before you and I, you and I have just met. I mean, everyone should know this is a conversation. This is our first conversation. Yep. Um, what a heavy one to start with, huh? Um, but I am so, so grateful to know you because the things you've been posting on social media and what your dad has been sending me, they, they literally just took my breath away in what a warrior you are, not just physically. Um, Cause I, I can only imagine what chemo has been for you. And we can get into that if you want, but mm-hmm. what you have been putting out there your emotional journey and the positive spin you have put on this is it just blows your mind. So I have to read this verbatim because I want to make sure I get it right. I copied and pasted from your uh, social media. So you said my favorite moments being alive are the moments I spend with my people. I'm going to get teary eyed. Jeez, <laughs> Loving them, laughing with them, crying with them, knowing that we're going to be okay because we have each other. The last three years have provided my people so many opportunities to be the best versions of themselves as we have walked through some pretty shitty stuff. And now this cancer. It sucks. Don't get me wrong, but it's also beautiful. It's beautiful because a bunch of people all connected to each other through me get to show up and use all their assets to show love. They get to love me and each other. And it's just beautiful. And I'm just the luckiest Lindsay, (laughs) Lindsay, what did, I mean, God bless your spirit is just so beautiful. Like I turn this purple light on behind me. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I just feel this beautiful light coming off of you through your social media post. And, and now in meeting you, mm-hmm. how in the world, I mean, so many questions come to mind. First of all, mm-hmm. 
why and how did you decide to go public with this? Because I've known several people who have dealt with cancer treatments and they've sort of went through it privately or maybe put a couple updates on Facebook, but nothing like what you're doing. You're being so bold about it. And I, I am so in awe of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do life uh, without my people. Um, and it's interesting because um, so many people, I have a lot of people. Um, I am so incredibly um, lucky to have the people I have in my life. And so many people have messaged me and just said, I know you have so many good people around you. And here's the thing, like all of my people are my people. And sure, I have like super close friends. I have girlfriends that are here every day walking this journey Mm -hmm. um, with me. But the reason that I am so public with it is because every person that is um, part of my social media or part of my circle Um, has impacted my life in a certain way. And I actually just had a recent conversation with a friend who told me that people who go through hard things, um, if they're paying attention, they reorganize their life based on these realizations that they have. And one of the things that I have realized is that every person that I come in contact with um, leaves a special mark on my life can teach me something special if I'm paying attention. And so I share this journey publicly because I both want to leave that mark for other people, but more than that, it feels like a way to stay connected to all of the people of my past that have brought me to this point. Mm -hmm. Um, All of the people who have um, inspired me along the way, who have taught me things along the way, the people who have hurt me and I have hurt, like all of that, that whole story brings me to this point in my life. And I'm just so incredibly thankful for all of it. And so I can't not share it. It has to come out of me. And I, um, there's a lot of feelings about social media out there, but I feel lucky to be able to share this journey, um, in that way. You put it so beautifully there. And I, and I have to agree with you. You, Sometimes I've never gone through a diagnosis like this by any means, but sometimes when you go through trauma of any kind, whether it's losing a loved one, you know, the year my father passed away, sometimes that grief or that pain or that dark journey that you go through, it really makes life look so crystal clear in a way that there's in a way that doesn't ever happen outside of those times. And so all of a sudden, moments become so much more special. I mean, I can get real dramatic with it. People's eyes become more beautiful and more colorful uh-huh. and like everything. So yes. I can only imagine from where you sit that you're, you're going through all those moments and you're going mm-hmm. through them with the most beautiful little girl, Rosie. <laughs> She's three, yes. right? She is. She just turned three in May. Does she, how are you handling it with her specifically? Yeah, she, um, <laughs> She is the light of my life. Um, I call her my sweet sunshine girl. And um, when I first found out, I knew that it would be something that we would talk about. And when I say we, um, I, her dad is super supportive and we are uh, co-parenting superheroes. Um, and I, love that. Uh, I knew that we would um, talk to her about it. I didn't know quite how we would do that. And so, of course, um, I'm someone who likes to have all the information. So I talked to a bunch of people, read a bunch of things and got a couple of books that we could read with her. And um, obviously, at some point, kids, no matter how young or old, are going to be aware because there's hair loss and there's fatigue right. and there's these physical things that happen. But also like, 
I am connected to my daughter. And I think parents understand this in a way that, um, you just know, like when you're with each other, you just know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when there's good, you know, when there's tough, you know, when there's, um, sadness and excitement. And so, um, I wanted to make sure to get ahead of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so one day, uh, her dad, um, and I sat down with her and we were very clear, like, mommy has cancer. And that means that, um, I'm going to be sick and there's some medications that I'm going to be taking that are going to, um, you know, cause my hair to fall out and I'm going to look different. I might be more tired. Um, I talked to her, um, a lot of cancer patients have a port that, um, they have, Mm -hmm. uh, in their chest. And so that's another physical kind of sign that things are changing. Um, I have a wonderful, um, girlfriend who is living with me and helping me through this journey. And so that was a transition for her, uh, for Rosie, um, to have someone else in the home. Um, but she has, um, I mean, I come from a long line of powerful women and, uh, my mom has made me so brave and my daughter will be so brave and so um, strong. And she talks about it. She asks me all the time, when is your hair going to grow back? Or do you still have your port? Um, or she'll tell her little friends at daycare that I have cancer. Um, and we, um, her dad and I and all of her aunties have been super open with her and just um, as uh, just watching and making sure that she's um processing all of it because for a three-year-old, this can be a lot. Um, and there's a long journey ahead. We're not um, close to being done yet. So, um, but she has, um, like her mom, like her grandma, like all of her aunties has, um, just weathered this so well. And I'm so proud of her. She is such a beautiful little girl. My God, <laughs> your dad sends me pictures of her and I just can't even handle it. Cause I have a four-year-old. They oh, actually yes. have the same Incredibles like costume. Yes. So I saw that one specifically. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, if we lived near each other, it would be played at you're yes. in the state of Washington. For right? sure. Yeah. Yes. One day we will meet up and have our kids <laughs> yes. play together. For um, sure. You know, when I started Lindsay, when I started the rocket life podcast, it was really very much about having important, sometimes tough conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when I launched this last year, um, in April, very soon after that, we got into some tough times, you know, with, what happened with George Floyd and, and I it ended up within a couple of weeks of having this podcast started having conversations about racism, which I felt very ill prepared to have, but I don't care because mm-hmm. I feel like no matter how we say it or what we say, it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. And these conversations that sometimes feel uncomfortable or tricky, or, you know, you just feel like you're in an ocean with a blindfold on, I think those are the ones we need to have when we talk about things that are scary, like illness or mental health or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So props to you for just putting yourself out there to be one person that's having the conversation. And that makes people feel a little less alone in the world who are dealing Mm -hmm. with the same thing that you're dealing with, but Mm -hmm. they're doing it privately and they feel alone. Like Mm -hmm. it's so important what you're doing. And I, I hope, and I do think that you realize that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I hope that um, what I put out there, what I talk about helps people understand that um, we get to feel all of the things that we feel. Um, one of my mottos, uh, if you can call it that, since it's just a single word, is both. Like two things, three things can exist all at the same time. I have cancer and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like it sucks. 
I go in every week and I have poison pumped through my body. Like I'm 36 years old. I've lost my hair. I will have a double or a bilateral mastectomy by the end of this year. Like this is really hard. Um, and it's really beautiful because the people in my life and the way that I have, um, learned about being present and feeling all of my feelings has uniquely prepared me for this moment. Um, and so for the people out there that are struggling with illness or grief or the hard things in life, um, all of those feelings are valid. They all get to exist in the same space. It's not something that's either or. And so in a day, I both feel inspired and motivated and excited about the future. And I feel sometimes really crappy. Mm -hmm. Um, I sometimes feel like this is really unfair. Um, I sometimes feel like I, uh, haven't, I been through enough. (laughs) I have all of those feelings. Um, and I am one of the lucky ones that gets to have those feelings openly with the people that I love. Um, I get to have them openly with a therapist. Um, I get to process all of those things. I feel really lucky about that. Um, but one of the things I, I would say that one of the things that I've learned through all this, one of the ways that I will be reorganizing my life is recognizing emotions, feeling them, naming them, um, and realizing that I can have two, three, four emotions at the same time, and they're all okay. And they all make me who I am. And they all get me to the other side of whatever I'm going through. Amen to that. I've talked about that specifically on this podcast before about coexisting, conflicting sort of emotions that you can Mm -hmm. experience joy and pain at one time. And that's okay because you laugh at a moment that's hard Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it doesn't take anything away from the hardness of that moment. You know, Mm -hmm. we're complex people. We're, you know, there's a lot going on in our hearts and our brains and our souls at one time. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, one doesn't take away from the other. They just can exist together. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're going through. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, (laughs) I often will tell people, uh, who don't know me well or are learning my story for the first time, uh, when I'm telling it, there might be a giggle here and there. And I will say I'm inappropriately laughing at this moment, but it's okay. Don't worry. I am processed. Right. <laughs> and that's good. You know, we use laughter. I mean, I know I do. I use yes. laughter sometimes in dark moments to just get through. It's like, yeah. sometimes you got to laugh so you don't burst into tears and cry. It's just, it yeah. is what it is. It's how we get through life sometimes. What mm-hmm. is the plan for your treatment? Where do you go yeah. from here? Well, it's perfect timing. Cause I just met with um, my nurse and my doctor this morning. Um, it's funny, something that happens to you when you go through these big like medical situations is so many more people are in charge of you than you've <laughs> ever had in your life. Like I'm not the only one in charge of me anymore, which for my personality is tricky. So <laughs> I just get, I get told where to go and what to do and I do it. So this morning I found out that my um, next round of chemo um, is going to be shorter than I originally thought, which is super exciting. Right. Um, it's going to be more intense, which is not as exciting, but um, I will start. So I have um, for, I'll have the month of June for my current round of chemo. Mm-hmm. And then right away, starting in July, um, I will have my second and final round of chemo and that will actually only go until the end of August. Okay. Um, and then I will have the month of September off to recover. Um, and then I will have my, um, double mastectomy and reconstruction in, uh, November. So early November. So, um, it is crazy to think that from 
March of 2021 to December of 2021, I will have gone through this major, um, you know, life changing experience. And yet it will be um, over. It's crazy to think about that. It is crazy (laughs) that by the time Christmas rolls around, we're going to be celebrating big time for Lindsay that she's out of this huge mess and has a completely different view on life. Yes. What are some other things that have popped up to you about perspective change or the way that maybe you feel like you'll look at life differently on the back end of all of this? Um, let's see. I, um, something that has really impacted me, um, is a poem. Um, and I, um, Rupi Carr is someone that I am, uh, that I follow on social media. She's a, a poet, um, a feminist, someone that I really admire, Um, And the last line of one of her more famous poems says, um, it is my greatest honor to be her. Um, And the poem talks about just um, not being a victim of your life, like it's pulling a warrior out of you and you get to be this person. Um, I really focus in on this idea of this great honor that I have to be the be in the life that I have. And it's a strange thing to think about because it's almost like I'm looking at my life um, from outside of who I am. Like I'm watching myself go through this and yet I'm also at the same time going through it. Um, And the reason that I like the language of honor is that um, it feels to me like I um, get to be this person and that I have to do my very best job at being this person, that it is an honor to, to be who I am. Um, and it, it isn't necessarily, it's not an arrogant thing. It's not, it doesn't come from a place of, wow, I'm so cool. Um, don't get me wrong. I am pretty cool, but it doesn't come <laughs> from that place. It's more this, um, constant reminder that, um, I get to be Lindsay. I get to wake up every morning. I get to be Rosie's mom. I get to be, um, Aaron and Melissa and Heather and Claire's best friends. I get to be Tasha. Like I get to be this person, um, in this life and, and I better do it to the very best of my ability. And that doesn't always mean that I'm perfect at it. Like that doesn't mean that I'm not, that I'm not going to hurt people that I'm not going to wake up um, feeling really shitty one day. That doesn't mean that, but it means that I get to recognize it, be present for it, and then do my very, very best at it. Um, And so I have it written on my bathroom mirror in whiteboard marker. It is my greatest honor to be her. Um, And it's just a constant reminder to every day, wake up and just do my life to the best of my ability and be the best person that I can be. I want you to know, I never in my, my 20 years of doing interviews and, and, and doing this job, have I ever fought back tears harder than I am right (laughs) now, but I, geez, but I also want to point out that it's not tears of like, of I feel sorry for you or like, you know, because that's our first inclination. I think is Mm -hmm. when we find out that someone is sick, whether it's cancer or anything else, you're like, Oh, you know, you feel sorry or bad or whatever. And while I have a huge amount of concern and obviously I've been praying for you every night, I also, the tears come from the inspiration. I mean, Mm -hmm. every time I read something from you or just now, like you hit me with the tsunami of (laughs) clarity and inspiration, you know, that, I am also given this great honor to be Mm -hmm. who I am and to be Cody's mama. And, you know, Mm -hmm. on all of the things that you just mentioned, and if everyone sick or not sick could realize that they have this great honor of just being alive. Yes, absolutely. 100%. If I could 
sum up my journey so far and uh, tell the world full of beautiful people, like you have this great honor to be yourself, like do your very best at it. Um, be this person that exists with other people in this very special world that we have and do your best. Like, I just think that um, so many of the things that, I mean, we even talked about like grief and these systemic problems that we face as a country and as a world, like if we could wake up and know, like, it is such a great honor to be alive and to be who we are, let's do our best collectively. Um, I just, I mean, I'm oversimplifying because it is complex, but I just, uh, I want people to know that um, there are wonderful, wonderful parts about all of us. And as we show up in our present and can sift through the parts that are a challenge for us and be better at those parts, we can, the wonderful just starts exploding out of you. Um, really quickly, another thing that um, has happened to me on this journey is um, I, I started chemo April 5th and my nurse told me like two weeks in, um, your hair will start to fall out. So April, I don't know, 10th or 11th, I can't remember exactly the date, um, I scheduled um, a time to shave my head. Mm-hmm. And a lot of cancer patients do this. Um, it's not, I mean, you've probably seen all over, you know, th- yeah. that, that people do this because it's kind of a, like, I'm not going to let my hair fall out. I'm going to take control of this. Right. It's an empowering moment. Um, so, and I invited all my girlfriends over and, um, my best friend, Aaron's husband came and, um, and shaved my head. And after it happened, um, I got all of these, I mean, flooding in, like, you're so beautiful. Like, and I'm, I, I mean, physically beautiful, mm-hmm. um, was what people were telling me. And it was just like something that I just kept thinking to myself is that, yes, that is true. And as women, like we face a lot, um, in terms of believing, uh, that we are beautiful and that we, um, all parts of us are beautiful, that these mm-hmm. different parts that maybe at historical times in our life, we haven't loved as much. Those parts make us who us, who we are and make us beautiful. But um, I realized that it's like this mix of confidence in who I am and um, this idea that um, I'm thankful for the thing, the things physically about me that make me unique to who I am. And I've done a lot of hard work to make myself a good person. And the mix of all of those things really actually makes you exude beauty. Like people look at you and they think you're beautiful. That's a thousand percent true. You're so right. Very little to do with what our, our, uh, our culture says is beautiful. And it's like, it, it's like almost a, a a spiritual like radiation of beauty. And that's another thing I want people to know, like do your best work on yourself, exude your confidence because you will exude beauty. You will feel beautiful. Um, And there have been times along the way, I mean, my eyelashes are falling out. My eyebrows are falling out. um, There are things about me. um, I identify as a woman and those things uh, make me feel like a woman and I'm losing a lot of those things. Um, And so I'm, I'm fighting battles like women do every day. But um, I can confidently say that more often than not, I look in the mirror and I think that I'm beautiful. Um, And I uh, want other people to believe that, like see the parts of who you are and, um, and just celebrate them. 
I would say beautiful and totally badass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's the truth. It's so true. Everything you just said. I mean, we can have our micro moments of like, oh, I wish this was yes. thinner or this was whatever. But in, in the grander scope of what you just said is it really does when you're confident and you accept who you are, you accept your yeah. journey, you do exude this sort of shine. You know, yes. you really just, you glow from the inside out. I posted on Instagram the other day. It was not my words. It was a, a reshare, but mm-hmm. it said, people who shine from the inside don't need the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And it's completely yeah. true. You know, if you're trying to just be your best self, you're doing all the things to try to, you know, really grow and, uh, you know, and evolve, I guess, as a person, yes. then all of that sort of comes into line. And then you just, you feel better. You walk higher, you, you look more confident and, and all of that adds up to being just a really strong, beautiful, badass human. And that's exactly what you are. I, it's, well, thank you. Lindsay, I cannot say enough about you. You just, (laughs) my God, you are such a huge inspiration. Uh, I really, really appreciate you and uh, the strength that you're putting out in the world because you make the rest of us. We're like, okay, well, Lindsay, she hit a new bar. So we (laughs) got to get our S together here. Thank you. Thank you. I do want to make sure that I point out, you know, get the screenings. What would you say physically from, you know, a doctor's standpoint, what a doctor would tell women to do or, or anyone, I guess, to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, uh, didn't, I'm 30, well, I was 35, um, when I found the lump, um, and I don't, I have never Googled or been shown how to do a, a physical breast exam, but, yeah. um, I think what we know and what we're learning in the, in the medical community, and I say we, but I'm like, just, uh, you know, along for the ride, yeah. um, is that, um, check. Um, even if you're not 40, like check Google, how to do a self breast exam, um, check. It's not difficult. Uh, you could check every month, check in the shower. It's not something that's, that's hard to do. Um, and then as soon as you, um, are 40, or if you have um, a family history of, um, of breast cancer, um, sometimes screenings can start earlier than that. Um, the earlier you can catch it, the better. I will say that when I had my first scan, um, my tumor was 2.2 centimeters and I had another scan two weeks later and my tumor was three centimeters. Um, my, my particular kind of cancer is super fast growing. And, um, because I caught it when I did, we are able to do what we're doing. Um, it could have been a lot worse if I did not catch it. Um, it had already, um, gone into my lymph nodes, which is still a curable um, situation, but my kind of cancer likes the brain, likes the lungs, things that um, are a little bit more scary and a little bit more challenging. So please start checking. Um, And if you're like me, you heard that, you know, when you were 33 and you maybe checked once doing what you could and then kind of forgot about it. Don't forget, like check as often as you can. um, And it could be um, potentially a a life-saving experience for you. It is incredibly important. And I will say 40 is like the number, but even I, um, a few years ago, my doctor found a lump. And so I had to go in, I think I was like 37 and I went in for my first mammogram, which by the way, I don't think mammograms are as bad as everyone says. I mean, like nobody wants their boobs squished into a pancake, but it doesn't last that long. It's fine. Like it is what it is. It's well worth it. I'm sure you would say. Absolutely. And actually I had, I was nervous for it because like I hadn't gone through all the other things that I go through. Right. Um, So it was totally normal to be nervous. Um, it didn't hurt at all for me. And I know that's not the case for every woman. It didn't um, hurt for me either. So, so, yeah. 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 
but I have really um, dense breast tissue and some people deal with this. I actually have really dense muscle tissue, which oddly enough, uh, it causes a real problem with things like this, because if you have really dense breast tissue, it's harder to see something. So I have to go in every single year, even at this age and get it done. But it also causes like, it looks like my heart has heart issues, even though it doesn't, it's my chest muscles. It's a whole thing. So I just (laughs) went through six weeks of like every test you could imagine because of that. So if you feel something, if something doesn't feel right, it doesn't seem right. Just go in, just go in. I I say Mm -hmm. that all the time. And I had to do that myself this last six weeks. It was not fun, but you know what? You just, you can't, you can't take this stuff seriously enough. So I'm so glad that, you know, you sitting where you are are telling people that and hopefully they'll listen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then just, I want to make sure I clarify my language. I think, uh, I think we're all still learning about like uh, uh, changing our language and being as intentional as possible. You mentioned, this is not just something that women have to think about anybody that um, has breast tissue. This is important for all of us to be thinking about and paying attention to. Um, And uh, yeah. So I just encourage everyone to do that. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Breast cancer is not just a female issue. And and this is not just breast breast cancer, obviously, you know, you're the only person that knows your body, like, you know, your body. So listen to it, (laughs) listen to it. I do want to make sure that I point out, I just found out today that you have a GoFundMe link. One of your amazing uh, (laughs) girls, I think set up this GoFundMe link. It's so incredible because obviously we haven't even touched on it, but medical costs are (sighs) ridiculous. Yes. So uh, yeah. So your tribe's raising some money for you. So I'm going to make sure I put that GoFundMe link in the show notes and and spread that around. I'll donate myself. I literally saw this like right before I got on with you. So (laughs) I have not yet, but it is my number one thing to do today when you and I get done. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. And I will say like, um, I think I made a post about it. I am eternally grateful for all of the folks who have donated financially because this disease, uh, if I cannot pay for treatment would kill me, yeah. which is a part of a giant conversation about the healthcare system that we face. Amen. I wish it was completely unnecessary that, uh, that this has to be done, but I am eternally grateful for those that have shared and those that have given, um, I am facing, uh, paying for some injections that I'll have to give myself in this next round of chemo that are incredibly expensive. And I just have to say that I'm lucky that I have people that can, um, support financially. Um, I just wish it wasn't, I wish it wasn't something we had to do, but I am so, so grateful. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a lot of people around you that love you very, very much. Yes. And your dad, who I know who connected us, I'm so grateful for him, Terrence, that we have finally met. And I am just so inspired by you, Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Kiss Rosie for me. Oh, I will. (laughs) I will.